In a moment of calm in the midst of chaos, Octavia and Carhoon have seconds to decide where to go next. What's down that crystalline shaft? What is Klachu? And how many more Koatoa can they aggro before this day is done? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, my spouse, and a die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Last Thank you ep- for tuning in. Last two episodes we recorded in our living room. We are now in our third floor. Mm-hmm. Because we have uh, we have three fl- three floors. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't three floors your horn. <laughs> and a basement. It has been amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've been cranking the AC all morning in the hopes that we can beat out the suffocating heat that happens up here if you don't oh do yeah that. so hashtag pittsburgh summers i have learned that uh, our our window ac unit for being small is actually pretty good strong but mighty unfortunately it is off right now <laughs> otherwise this would sound much worse and we are surrounded by blankets and other soft things We're which so- i don't think help with the heat Probably not, but it's feeling comfortable right now. We'll see how we're feeling in about an hour. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Could be good, could be not. Mm -hmm. I do have to say, recording on our couch was definitely more comfortable. It was more comfortable, for sure, Mm -hmm. but it was not sustainable. No, not really. I think this will be much more sustainable. It definitely will be. I have my DM screen out for the first time in a long time. I know. Because we have room to spread out and and use it which is great. Mm-hmm. So I we have been lucky to have been able to record in relative comfort previously, mm-hmm. you know, in our last situation. It never got too, too hot, mm-hmm. which was nice. There just wasn't a ton of room uh, to really expand out. Yeah. We had to sit with weird like catty corner across a folding table. <laughs> it was a little weird. <laughs> so now thank we... Thank you, Aldi, for the folding table. Thank you, Aldi, for the folding table. But now we can sit across from each other mm-hmm. instead Ugh. of... You can look like, me in the eye as you kill Octavia. I can look you in the eye. I, I usually don't look you in the eye anyway. No, we're both actually looking at other things. I, well, it's usually because I, I can't look people in the eyes when I'm doing stupid voices or I psych myself out. <laughs> That's understandable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the joy of like... I we we did theater. That's how we met. We may have told that before. Uh, but the, the joy of doing theater is that you don't actually really have to look anyone the, in the eye. Because if you're doing a scene with someone that you're talking to, you just kind of cheat out and face toward the audience Mm -hmm. and just kind of look near them and the audience can't tell. And then you don't actually have to look at the audience. You just look at the exit signs if you're doing like a soliloquy or a monologue. So I never had to look anyone really in the eyes. We also didn't do like super intense plays. So that helped. I mean, we did do... Like I didn't have a significant part in any of the super intense plays. Well, we I was did. just thinking of Spoon River. So we did uh, a kind of it's not made as a um, as a play, but our theater directors uh, kind of staged the Spoon River anthology, which is a series of poems um, 
you know, kind of monologues by dead people, basically, in this whole graveyard. And we did a couple, like, we did one that was together. We did. First that kiss. Was, that was our first kiss. First kiss was a stage kiss. It was a stage kiss. But it was it was a real but kiss. But it was a real stage. kiss. <laughs> Mindy, you minx. I know. <laughs> Director setting us up. Um, but that was kind of intense. Right. But it was monologues. That's true. You weren't having intense scenes with other people. That's true. For the most part. What um, was probably the most, like, I mean, the Odyssey was intense. That's true. And I was, you know... Uh, a, a ensemble Chorus? member ensemble. basically yeah. so i didn't really do anything except like pretend to row a boat for three hours <laughs> getting up those arm muscles yeah i'm confident that uh dr coons will never listen to this show so that yeah. was not my favorite show <laughs> I have that i did yeah gwyneth was in uh scotland at that time so she did not have to participate did not have to suffer through it, it was, was so long it right? was so long like our director, bless his heart, added so many scenes to the script was not great to begin with. And then there were many additional scenes tacked onto it. So it was like a three hour long play, which isn't that long for plays, but actually it's pretty long for plays. And this is a college production. This is a college production. And it's not even like a big theater school where a dinky little, dinky little private school. And this is like theater club. It's yeah, not we like... didn't really have a theater. There was no theater program. It no was theater program. People yeah. who got together and liked to act so it was yeah it was it was long and staging was beautiful the staging was 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 beautiful i will i will give them that yeah. it looked great like we made the uh, polyphemus out of a mass of people like yeah well that was all mindy the, the the director who set us up yeah. was also did the scenic design and the um you know a, a lot of the ensemble because um, that's like she was really good at that and so I, a lot of those ensemble pieces i think was like basically her so she made yeah, she made just, it uh, beautiful the two of them didn't really oh, see no. eye to eye they on do, a lot of things they so, do uh, not have in any way shape or form a similar artistic vision <laughs> you. <laughs> you. wasn't that basically their last collaboration and then from then on it was just like her shows and his shows as far as i know i mean yeah. they didn't really collaborate before then well they did a little bit on um midsummer night's dream did they yeah yeah it uh yeah there were there were some time and then the uh <laughs> the the actor who played odysseus again bless his heart was told in rehearsal time and time again do not dry fire the bow you will break it do not dry fire the bow when you're he's like shooting the arrow through the, oh, the, through axe, the axe heads at the end they're like please just mime it there's a string on here. They should have just given him a bow without the string, but there was a yeah. string on it because it gives it that nice curve. And they were like, do not dry fire the bow. It is really bad for bows. And what does he do? Of course, dry fires the bow. The string snapped, flew into the rafters. It was great. Nobody got hurt. That's good. Was that during a show? Or during that, a show. Oh my yes. Gosh. Repeatedly. <laughs> do not dry fire the bow. Twang. Yeah, oh, it man. Great. It was great. It was great. Yeah. I think the most intense show that then I was in um, probably would have been Little Prince because that was had I mean it's like a children's story but then also has like intense parts of it so yeah I think as far as ones that I was in that actually had an intense role (laughs) other than that we were both just like fairies and maids I like not intense roles I I had the pleasure of playing uh, Algernon and. Mm -hmm. Algernon Moncrief. The importance of being earnest. Wow. Oh gosh, that took me a while to remember the name of it. I that was, was fun. <laughs> not not intense at all, but very no. very fun. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories. 
in shows. Great role. There's just such a really good um, movie version of it with Reese Witherspoons. It's it's like I grew up on that. Reese Witherspoons? <laughs> As opposed to Reese without her spoons. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, like it's it's such a good adaptation of a of a play. Um, super one of my favorites. And I remember we watched it together before mm-hmm. you started. Yep rehearsals type of thing yeah, it was fun mm-hmm. it was fun 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 good show well i guess i can toot my own horn and be like oh yeah when i was in the little prince i was the little prince you, you were the little i was prince. the little prince i was the fox mm-hmm. i know yeah that was that was before we were to get match together. Made in heaven i know cut all my hair off cut all her hair off i had really long brown hair at the time cut it all off to a you know pixie cut dyed it blonde it looked bad. it looked really good um but at, right after I cut my hair, I came into rehearsal and one of the ensemble members didn't recognize me because I was in the stands just watching, you know, and watching that, their scene that I actually wasn't in. And, and I remember th- yeah, she came up and she's like, for a second, I was like, who is that? Because this was not just long hair. This was homeschool long hair. That's true. But I had cut it since then. It, it was, was still, still really long. Very That's long. That's true. Yeah. It was what, butt length hair? No, I had cut that length oh, since then. So it was like... A little above butt length there. <laughs> Not quite that long still. It, it was, was like, pretty It was long. like Kate Middleton long. That means nothing to me. Hopefully it means something to our listeners. I think it was like, I don't know, mid upper arm. I can't even remember. What's, hmm. I think I, don't, I thought it was longer. No, because so, okay. So, Uh-oh. dear listeners, I did used to have super long hair. She did. I could basically sit on it. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful hair, though. I had gray hair, if I do say so myself. Um, and so I, I got the, the guts, the gumption, and cut like 15 inches off of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm bald, but obviously still had super long hair. A lot of hair. And then it was going from that, had never dyed my hair before, never had it short, and went from that relatively long, you know, brown to that super short blonde. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty big transformation well you know who else has crazy hair octavia octavia marguerite sinclair nice king of the segue here (laughs) so (laughs) so one of your octopi i believe has its tentacle wrapped around the dead throat the fleshy bulbous scaly slimy throat of this koatoa Archpriest who mm-hmm. just shouted some uh, horrifying words at you before it expired. Klachu will eat my soul. May Klachu eat your soul or something like that. Yeah. Not good. Basically, yeah. <laughs> wishing wishing bad things on you. You're not sure who or what Klachu is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you really want to find out. Yeah, I, I don't think I do. You are standing here. You have two octopi friends. Mm-hmm. You have Carhoon also there. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the splish splash of, you know, 20 or so Koato warriors swimming down the tunnel after you. Is there a splish splash sound when you're underwater? Yes. <laughs> it just kind of sounds like... <laughs> Regardless, you can hear about 20 Koato warriors who are hot on your trail, mm-hmm. about to burst through any moment through that door... And uh, light you up. Okay. You are standing in this room. Three dead bodies. Two dead bodies. Sorry. You killed the other one in the tunnel. Two Kotoa clergy dead bodies floating around you. The water is dark and ruddy. 
And there is a crystal tube in the center mm-hmm. with like a platform that has lifted up a small arched entryway that has appeared from when you were last in this room and a lever on the other side of it. What do you do? Um, how would um, both... So Carhoon and I are both riding the octopi. Would both uh, Octo Friend and... Okay, so uh, they'll squeeze through... I think they have a trait that lets them, like, squeeze through stuff. Because they're squishy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I actually don't think that they do, looking at the stats. Maybe regular octopuses do. I mean, of course regular regular ones do. Squish. So, um, if if both of us can fit, we will all, four of us, will poodle into this elevator. Slip, slap, um, slip, 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 slip. And we'll see the lever, and we will pull it. Okay. You bust in. You pull it. Is, would just taking a brief look at the lever outside of the door, mm-hmm. would we think that breaking that lever would then break the whole mechanism? Basically, I want to see if I can disable them from calling the elevator again. You, on a quick couple second glance... Can I do an engineering check? <laughs> you can't. That's not a thing. You can do an investigation check. First roll. First roll. Natural 20. Hey. Uh... You look it over, and somehow you're struck with inspiration because you're usually not very smart. <laughs> no, I'm not. Usually kind of dumb. Uh, you look it over, and you think, eh, maybe you could, if you, you could probably disable it. To do so would probably require a strength or, call it, a sleight of hand to either, like, slip in there and change the gears around or to just brute force snap things. All right, well, I'm going to um, just... Do you think I could get both of my octopi to have, like, each of them put a tentacle on it and just rip it off with their combined strength? Uh, you can give one advantage. All right. With the help action. Rolled the same thing both times for a total of seven. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sturdy, sturdier than a seven is going to do. You could stay here and keep trying, but every second you wait is one second that the uh, Other, those Koto yeah. are bound to pop in. Okay. I'm going to Octavia, and her octopus is going to go into the tube, and Carhoon and you know his octopus are going to follow. Just as Carhoon goes by, he's going to try to give it a pull, too, just to snap it as he goes by with his giant you know arms rippling okay 21 21 um you both uh you and your octopus swim in carhoon sidles up grabs the like shaft of it and just <laughs> cranks and you hear a metallic crunch like a toothpick then he uh slides inside awesome and then as soon as he's inside i pull the crank inside you pull the crank and the uh the archway in this crystalline tube seals itself up it's almost like crystal regrows over the entrance oh that's so cool and the platform sits there for a second or two you hear something slowly grinding and then it with a little lurch starts to go down very slowly as it starts to descend after about 10 seconds or so you see the first of these koatoa warriors swim headfirst into this room and they see I mean it's kind of opaque as I said you can't really see so it's more you see shapes Mm -hmm. coming through and kind of like circling around this and you can't tell what they are but you know what they are because you know what was behind you 
and you you see some sort of congregate around the lever. They try to jimmy it, but it, it's it's not moving. Awesome. And after a few seconds, it sort of descends below that point. Mm. And you find yourself going down a very, just into darkness. Oh, man. Uh, crystal tube all the way around. It doesn't, like, change. It's the same material all the way. And it's it's moving very, very slowly. I mean, you know it took quite a while for it to go from the bottom all the way up. Yeah. You assume it's going to take a while for it to go from the top all the way to the bottom. You're not sure exactly how long you have, but you probably have a couple minutes. Okay. At least. Uh, what do you do? Um... I'm going to, I mean, even though, I mean, Carhoon and I both have dark vision, but we're going into the depths under the sea. I imagine that it's going to be like yeah, starting to, you know, be pitch black type of thing. Yep. So I'm going to cast light on my staff. Let me see if it has what a verbal, color? verbal component. <laughs> um, let's do a really beautiful combination between aqua and lavender you, you know when it's it's that beautiful time when purple and blue are starting to intersect a little bit more and then it like sure. is variegating between those colors yep i Austin's know exactly like, what I know you're talking about <laughs> all right i'm gonna roll for light just because it does have a verbal component okay i'm gonna say like uh, because this isn't combat you're if you can't get it off the first time You'll just do it like Try again. five times until you get it. Okay, so, perfect. Uh, unless you're in combat, I, I, I think you can just kind of hand wave it because time isn't really an option. So maybe it takes you a time or two, but you manage to form the words and bing, perfect. a light appears on the end of your staff. Perfect. Um, so I, I can't really, you know, check in with Carhoon, um, you know, and see if he's okay, but she'll kind of like... Uh, you can kind of communicate. It's not like... You can't speak clearly, but you could sort of like... Yeah. So she'll basically... You know how we, you know, can... I can have a mouthful of food and mumble (laughs) a phrase at you. And even though my voice isn't forming any cogent words, you can be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That (laughs) that sort of thing. You've spent enough time together. You've bonded in the pits of terror and battle. So... Okay, well... You can get ideas across. Okay, perfect. So she'll just kind of um, be like... You know, uh, you doing okay? Like, kind of like a thumbs up, thumbs down. He puts his hand out flat and just kind of wobbles it. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, I mean, I'm doing okay. Could be doing a lot better. Could be doing a lot worse. Yeah. So. Um, she's going to pat him on, like, again, like, touch him on the shoulder, um, and you're going to see, kind of emanating out from her hand, uh, just some, like, warm, like, warm light kind of starting to surround him. (laughs) Do you know what I'm thinking? Yeah. And she's just going to use her healing hands ability on him, um, and give him ten hit points. Sounds good. Ten hit points for Carhoon. He's feeling a little bit better. All right. Are you doing anything else? Um, I'm probably going to cast another healing spell. Sure. Just going to pop off a couple cure wounds here. One cure on me. Wounds, cure wounds. How many spell slots you got left? I'm not terrible on spell slots. Okay. I have a bunch of low ones, obviously. All right, all right. I have okay number of high ones. Okay. We shall see. All right. Roll minimum. I rolled a one on the D8. Oh, no. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course you did. I'm going to do that one more time. Okay. 
Alrighty. So, if that is your actions. Yep, and the, you know, I'll just kind of keep my hand on him as he, uh, and kind of just like, you know, like, boom, you feel like this kind of healing Kaboom. energy just like kind of emanate from me and yeah. I uh, kind of, you know, put my hand on my chest and it, I like, oh, I feel better. Um, but as we descend, kind of once I get the the, the light cast the, we feel a little bit better we've had a kind of a chance you know our heart rate's gone down like we're having that rest in between sets type of thing mm-hmm. um she's going to close her eyes you know here on the here on the back of octo friend and she'll be like fool me Jasulka. um we're heading back down is this is this seeming right you're getting closer child okay good I think this is the right way. Be on your guard. Thanks. I will. If you sense anything, just knock on my brain. What brain? (laughs) 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 Finger guns. (laughs) Oh, fool me. And Octavian actually (laughs) smiles at that (laughs) because having some levity right now is actually kind of nice, even if it's at her expense. (laughs) And she's like, Fool Mies is not wrong. Fool Mies is not wrong. Um, But then she'll, you know, open her eyes back Mm -hmm. and wait. Okay. Uh, So this whole thing has only been about two hours at this point, which is crazy. I know. But the last three episodes took place over like 15 minutes. Yeah. I know. So, uh, you actually haven't been down here that long, but you're both feeling, you know, it has taken a toll. Yeah. So, it takes another few minutes of this platform grinding down past these unknowable lengths of crystal sheathing until eventually uh, the, the reflective walls kind of give way you can't really see too far out uh but you could see that this platform that you're on is lowering down and the tunnel tunnel that the the elevator shaft effectively is sort of ending and just opening up into nothingness oh my gosh and after about another minute well we'll say like 30 seconds or so past that it settles with a big kathunk okay on flat ground you look around and you see not a ton because it is you know the water is relatively clear there's some Mm -hmm. stuff floating in it um but it's pitch black you can only see by this light you have cast and yeah it's 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 a bit rough there it has come to rest on a platform about as big as the room you were in previously okay so Maybe like 50 feet across in diameter circular. You can just begin to make out on, you know, equally spaced. There are four huge stone pillars. You think they're stone. Mm-hmm. Kind of climbing up, up, up. Most likely into whatever structure you just descended mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. In between them is just black, empty water. What you do? Okay, so this is what you said about 50 feet across? Mm-hmm. Um, do I see walls? No. Okay. Um, but just putting two and two together from the room above, that's how I would surmise that it's that size. Okay. Um, you can see the platform like go out and then drop off. Oh, so it 
You are not on like a floor. Oh. You're on a 50 foot like circle. Okay. And outside of that is nothing. Okay. Okay. That makes way more sense then. Okay. Okay. Ooh. The platform has fallen to rest on a larger platform. That makes sense. Okay. There are no walls. Just these four pillars. Um, can Octavia just do a general perception check to see if anything pops out of her? Sure. 27. It's a pretty good roll. She's relatively perceptive, uh, even though she's dumb. You see on some of these pillars, um, you kind of make out slowly crawling across them are kind of what look like big lobsters. Alive? Yeah. Like moving, moving? Just kind of. Oh, crawling up oh or down these these big pillars. Um, they're kind of covered in like growth, sea growth, like I don't know, not Barnacle barnacles, but things. kind of barnacle-like yeah. things, and like little mussel shellfish and things, and you know, algae slime that it's just kind of crawling around and. Nom, 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 nom. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying! Yeah, there's a couple of them. Do you they... don't know if they can see you or not. Yeah. You don't know if they see, but they haven't reacted to your presence. Okay. Um, would Octavia be able to like identify? They just look like big lobsters, or do they look like a certain type of like sea mythical sea creature that she would know of? Uh, you can roll a nature check, I suppose. <laughs> Five. <laughs> you, you you don't know what these are. <laughs> the difference between an intelligence and wisdom roll. <laughs> okay. Um. Octavia is going to kind of gesture to Carhoon and point towards um, the edge of the 50 foot platform. Um, and so that we can kind of like peer down and, and peer around. So basically we're like on a pedestal in the middle of the sea. Yes. Okay. Because there's no, you know, there's there are no tunnels. We have no idea of like a direction we could go in. Yep. Like there's everything. And then looking up. What exactly do we see looking up? Um, you can make out the glint of like this crystal tube you descended out of above okay. you. And the pillars kind of reach up into a big craggy ceiling. Okay. But it's pretty far up. Okay. But there is a ceiling. There is a ceiling. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we will we will head to the to that corner then and um, just kind of take a look over the edge. Roll a perception check. 14. You look over, the light, you know, casts its way through the water, and you can see a little bit, but it goes down farther, it just, like, goes down, yeah. and down, and down, and you see maybe a few, like, fish scatter out of the way as you come to the edge. Um, it's hard to see anything of note, though. Uh, with, with my previous perception and seeing these lobster things on these pillars, do we see anything... Um, like written on the pillars that we can decipher, you know, kind of as these creatures are moving, they maybe shift and we can see that there's something carved on them. Do you go inspect a pillar? Oh dear. <laughs> That's always a bad question. Um, yeah, I think we'll cautiously move forward because we don't know if these creatures are aggressive. Okay. So we will cautiously move forward. Okay. If you keep your distance, they again don't really seem to react to you okay uh the pillars are covered in like slime and aquatic growth okay so you can't really see the pillar beneath it you could like try to scrape some stuff off and get a look at what's underneath but right now it's just it's like a shipwreck it's all covered yeah yeah no that makes sense okay 
even if something was written on them, though, I don't know if we would even be able to read it because we couldn't for all of the stuff that was up above. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there were plenty of carvings and runes and things that I'm sure like an archaeologist would, you know, have a heyday with. But mm-hmm. again, with our limited, limited knowledge of underwater creatures, even if there is something written, we might not be helpful. And I'm really worried about <laughs> aggroing <laughs> these critters. Um... Because I don't really want to fight giant lobster creatures mm. if I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to avoid pincers at all costs. Stab, stab, stab. Pinch, pinch, pinch. And again, neither Fulmis nor Jasulka have been like, okay, I'm sensing anything or anything like that. I mean, they've given you the information. Like, you know it was down. And you know, as you're headed down, you're in the right direction. It's... You know, you could pop in and they'll be like, it's close. But they couldn't be like, five clicks to the east. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're in the right ballpark. Hmm. I'm going to get off of Octofriend. Okay. And I'm going to have Octofriend stealth over to the one of the pillars, one of the pillars that has the fewest of these lobster creatures, mm-hmm. um, and see if it can, um, you know, scrape away any of the detritus and then to see if it... If the, how the lobsters respond to Octofriend. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead and... I guess if you're trying to stealth, roll a stealth check first. Fifteen. Octofriend has advantage while underwater. Okay. Uh, nothing reacts to it moving over there. Either they didn't see or they don't care. Okay. And then it's going to try to scrape some of the stuff off of one of the Okay. How roll a strength. Check. Twelve. Um, it gets the easy stuff off, like it scrapes away some of the the slimy buildup and the, the algae, and maybe some, you know, just sea gunk that kind of got stuck to it. But some of the like barnacly things that are really suctioned on there, it can't quite move. And at this point, you know, you're too far away to see if it cleared away anything good. So you would also have to. Approach to look at it. <laughs> approach. Okay. Um, ox- Visibility is not great. No, You're yeah. very deep underwater. It is very dark. So I'm going to uh, tap uh, Madame Octopus to have her follow Octofriend um, a-, a little bit to get a little bit closer. Okay. And she'll stealth too. Might as mm-hmm. well. 16 this time. Okay. Gets up pretty close. And still has the lobsters are Nothing not rats. seeming to respond. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm gonna have Carhoon go forward. He's going to jump off of Madame Octopus. Okay, and he is going to try to stealth up. Okay, roll it. Crack die. Natural two for a total of four. Okay, Carhoon doesn't feel like he's being incredibly stealthy, but <laughs> nothing also reacts. Okay, so does he get up to the pillar? Yeah. Okay. So how many lobster creatures are per pillar? You don't see many. There's maybe like, you see maybe five total over all of them. Okay. And there are four pillars. There's four pillars. And how big are we talking? Like, They're at least like 10 feet diameter. They're pretty big. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. That would be a lobster roast. Um, He's also... Oh, the lobsters? The pillars are 10 feet in diameter. Oh, yeah. How big are the lobsters? They're also about 10 feet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 10%. Yeah, they're also pretty big. <laughs> also big. Oh, man. Um, 
Okay, so he's going to also try to... I mean, he's he's smarter than Octavia. Um, so he's going to try to see if he can read anything on the pillar as well. Okay. Uh, roll an investigation check. Could he roll a history? No. <laughs> 17. Uh, so the octopus cleared away a little bit, and he sees there are some, like, shallow carvings in this that have probably been slowly eroded mm-hmm. over time, but there is something there. It looks similar in craftsmanship to what you've seen in the Koatoa temples above. Does he seem Does he seem to think that it would be anything that he could read? Probably not read, but it's not so much words as they are pictures. Pictograms, okay. Um, he will try to uh, brush away a bit more of the detritus. Okay, roll another strength check for Karheen. Another 17. Another 17. Okay, yeah, he gets more of the stuff away and pulls some barnacles off and flings them into the abyss. Underneath it, he sees a, a shallow carving depicting some, obviously... Koatoa, and they are like kneeling with their hands up and and presenting, uh, like offering similar to what you you saw above mm-hmm. to some great horrifying <laughs> godlike creature. Jeez. Um, is this uh? Is this something where the scene goes like all the way around the pillar or there are like multiple scenes or could he see that there are borders and like, oh, I see a corner of another scene that I could uncover? Um, I mean, it, it all looks kind of like a big mural okay. that might have individual like segments to it, but it's all kind of the same thing. Okay. So he sees some, you know, some offering things and some kneeling just like with their heads up and beseeching and bowing down mm-hmm. and things like that. Hmm. Is there any um, like story depicted of, you know, the, the journey to this creature or the journey from? Not or... from what you have uncovered. Okay. No. You get the sense it would take a long time to cover uncover all of these. Yeah. But it also seems generally sort of in the same vein of what you've seen, seen before. before. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a bit more specific, like, uh, I'll say you you maybe get the sense that this is, like, the place where they would present the offerings. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In fact, you, you see maybe a carving of one of those, like, spiky balls. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Okay. That may have been sent down here if they had not been murdered before, <laughs> you know, they could get to that point. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Now that he's closer to these lobsters and he's a bit smarter than Octavia, could he do a nature check on them to see if he knows? Sure. Another 17. Um, there have been... These things have, have been storied to show up in, like, the deepest, darkest parts of, of the ocean occasionally. Maybe, like, fossils wind up. Uh, they are a creature known as Chul. Oh. They are... Like big crustaceans yeah. that have some association with Aboleth of Lore. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to tango with these babies. Um, 
uncovered stuff on the pillar, kind of same as above. Would take a long time to uncover the rest. Would, now that he knows this, can he hearken back again to what he's read to see if they're harbingers of Abeleth or he's trying to see what their role is here on this place where offerings usually, you know, happen like. Give me a history. Okay. Nine. Um, no. Okay. It's hard to tell. He just knows that he's seen these in like association and maybe, you know, read brief references of them but what is known about the aboleth is very minimal anyway okay are they in any of the carvings these tool things no okay <laughs> not that you can see anyway he and um octo friend are going to try to sneak back to octavia and madame octopus okay roll it carhoon 16 mm-hmm. and octo friend natural 20. All right. The, yeah, nothing seems to okay. care about your your presence down here yet. Okay. So he's going to, you know, kind of, you know, try to kind of communicate what he saw and mm-hmm. basically be like similar to what we saw on the pillars above. Mm-hmm. I know these creatures are, <laughs> he'll do like <laughs> lobster crab with his hands and oh be like gosh. lobster crab, then like thumbs down mm-hmm. and then do like his hand under his chin to indicate Aboleth like you do if you're like Cthulhu. Um <laughs> And he'll be like, then, like, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm imagining this, and this is all really hilarious in my mind. Okay. So then Octavia will kind of be like, if we put an offering in that center, do you think something will happen? Should we try that? Um, Karid says through bubbly water, <laughs> we could try, but what have we to offer? I mean, there might be fish around here. I mean, are there fish swimming around? You saw some sort of scatter at your light. None of them seem to be coming within visible range. Okay. Can our octopi see okay down here? What do I? I mean, they have? have dark vision. Um, I mean, they can see a little bit, but... Like, I don't think these are deep sea octopi. Yeah. I was just wondering if like, cause they're, you know, underwater predators, if they could go catch some fish that we might not necessarily be able to, cause we're, you know, have non under ocean eyeballs type of thing. I mean, they might be able to, but. Okay. And then she'll also be like, not that I necessarily want to put an offering that down here. Cause I don't think we really want to deal with Klachu. And I don't really want to, like, summon them, whoever they are, if they're real, with an offering as well. Might not be the best idea. Yeah. But it might not be the worst. I don't know. Yeah. Club, club. <laughs> Why don't we just pick a direction, head out, and see if we see anything? Some wall to this chamber, some, I don't know, other K. Tunnel something, mm-hmm. and if we go a certain distance out and it's literally just the, you know, boundless sea, maybe we can do that. But I'd, I'd prefer to maybe leave that to a last resort. Cause like swim? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're, we can both ride the octopuses. Yeah. So we have, we can <laughs> bl- bloobble around. And they're, and they're large, yes. so we're comfortably <laughs> on them. They're very squishy. They're very squishy. I feel like they'd very be relatively squishy. comfortable then. They probably would be. They'd be like a big beanbag yeah. chair that swims. Yeah, because it's like, imagine, like, 
I don't, you know, you don't usually ride cows, but looking at them, like, look at how bony they are. They would not be comfy, even though they're amazing creatures. But yeah, imagine riding an octopus. It was like, you could also just have it carry you and be like, cradle me, octo friend. (laughs) That might not be as comfy in my opinion. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But regardless, you could do that. All right. Yeah. So we're going to pick a direction. Okay. We're going to pick east. Okay. Um, and we're going to make a mark on the the bigger pedestal, the bigger mm-hmm. 50, just because I feel like we're going to soon like kind of lose our sense of bearings down here because it's mm-hmm. so dark. And just kind of like putting an X on the direction that we've already gone okay. so that if and when we can make our way back to the pedestal, we'll know which direction we've already headed towards. What kind of mark are you making? Um, What's the floor like? Is it really stone? Hard? It's a hard stone. Um. Yeah. I mean, can I take an arrow tip and just kind of like, like, just make like a little X mark? Yeah, I mean, it's it's still kind of hard to see because it's stone. Okay. Um, but ki- kind of. I don't have underwater chalk, All so right, well, I'll. It's at least better than nothing. Yeah, better than nothing. Um, and then we'll yeah head out, just kind of head out that direction and see what we can see. All right. How far out do you swim? Past the edge. A hundred feet. And just see how far we go. Okay. Uh, you climb on the backs of your octopi and you direct them forward and they squish their way out and leave the edge of this platform and then just out into nothingness. I guess we'll wait. We'll, we'll like see what we can see as long as we can still see the big pedestal in the background. Like Okay. You can just see the edge of it at about like 40 feet. Okay. You know, any further and you're going to lose it. Lose it, yeah. So we'll go out 40 feet and then we'll still be able to see 40 feet ahead of us. And then what What can we see at that okay. point? Um, so all of my perception checks, I've had you roll. I should have had you roll with disadvantage because everything is lightly obscure. Oh, that's a good point. So please, I did roll pretty high, yeah. too. So Roll a perception check with disadvantage. All right. Unless you are relying on a sense other than sight. Um, can Carhoon roll as well? Yeah. Awesome. So for Octavia, 10. Carhoon. One of those was a natural 20, <laughs> and the other will be a 14. 14. So you get out about 40 feet. Take a look. Squinting through the darkness, you can just make out the edge of this pedestal, and it starts at like this 50 feet, and it kind of tapers down. It's not oh. just like a tube. It's kind of like a mound or at least a cone with the top cut mm-hmm. off. Around, if you went east, maybe around, you would estimate the north side. You just see a pinprick of like light green glow. That's oh. only obvious because everything else is so dark. dark. Like over the edge and down. And down. Oh, okay. And we don't see that. That's kind of all that we that's see. That's all you see. You okay. see a faint, very faint glow. Okay. Um, does this pedestal look hewn or natural? It's really hard to tell. Obviously, the pillars were hewn, but you don't know if the rest of it is or not. Okay. Um, well, uh, Carhoon and Octavia will. It's probably Carhoon who saw it. He'll like point it out. Um, what does his fair eye, elven eyes, see? Um, and he'll point out the green light. Octavia will see it too, and um, they'll kind of, you know, gesture towards it to Octo Friend and Madam Octopus, and the four of them will head towards that green light. Okay. So you point it out. Well, Carhoon points it out, and you see it. I go, duh. Why didn't I see that? 
I rolled two, though. <laughs> and you direct your octopi in that direction. Squish, 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 squish. They make their way down carefully, and it's difficult to judge distance, but you lose sight of the top of the, the platform. But we can at least still see the side. You can see so we the haven't. side. Okay. So you get down there and start, like, curving around towards where the light was. And it's a, it's a pretty decent way down. Um, you must have just picked the wrong side when you looked over initially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's a pretty decent bit down, and it starts to get a little bit bigger. It's still very faint. Mm-hmm. But your octopi come to sort of land on the side of this... It's a very steep incline. It's not like a big base. It's a very sharp cone. Okay. So they're kind of clinging to a not quite vertical, but pretty close to it, uh, like wall. There's suction cups sticking onto the side. Mm-hmm. And you can see this glow is sort of coming from a cave-like opening Ooh. into this cone thing. Oh, creepy and amazing. Ooh. Uh, are there fish down here? Have we seen them like scattering away from our light? You or? see them scattering away from the light, okay. so you might see the tail of one as it's darting mm-hmm. into the darkness again. Well, that's You think the things down here aren't used to bright light. That's understandable. Yeah, they probably have those big bulbous eyes. Um mm-hmm. Octavia is at least a little bit like comforted by the fact that there are creature like other creatures down here because I feel like it would be even more disconcerting to see nothing, you know, just a complete void, devoid of, you know, life or any sort mm-hmm. of quote, you know, quote natural type of thing. So she's like kind of yeah. comforted to at least even though she can't really see them like, okay, there's and they're not attacking her, which is also great. She's like, okay, other little fishies something something at least is normal yeah okay so this cave does it seem like a big a big maw or is it like a tight squeeze um it's not a tight squeeze it's it's large you you can comfortably fit through okay well we will all kind of um I, I imagine the octopi, yeah, kind of like Spider-Man, like coming to the side and uh, and getting right up to the edge so that uh, Carhoon and I can peer in and mm-hmm. kind of see what we can see. You poke your head through and you see it's um, a little tunnel. Okay. That kind of leads in, twists and winds a little bit, but not too much. Relatively a straight shot. And you can see it opens up a little bit further in and kind of down. Ooh. So you can't really see what's inside. And the light green glow is some, like, bioluminescent little sea creatures kind of floating around. Ooh. Can I do a nature on the sea creatures? Sure. Well, that would be a natural one. So it's uh, so three total. These are, everything down here is so alien. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, well, kind of hate, like, checking in with the dragons every, like, five seconds, but... They do, too. (laughs) And Octavia's like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of annoying sometimes. Um, But, you know, since they can't give an exact exact uh echolocation and this is kind of the only lead that they have so um octo friend and madame octopus will uh cautiously and stealthily make their way into this cave 
Okay. Roll stealth. 12 for Octofriend. 15 for Madame Octopus. Okay. If it's... They're decent rolls. Okay. You think you're... They're, they're being relatively stealthy. Um, you creep in to the tunnel. How light is it now with these bio, bioluminescent things? It's dim light. Okay. I'm going to, like, put my hand or, like, part of my, I don't know, wet, gross cloak over my um, staff just to, since we can at least see a little bit, um, mm-hmm. kind of to not be like, hello, we have here are all these other people coming down your cave mm-hmm. to kind of not be so obvious. Yes. But in case they need it, she can just like whip it out without having to cast another spell. Okay. So you put something over your light and it, you can't see it anymore. You are only illuminated by these little green glowing things just mm-hmm. sort of floating through the water. You're in the lip of this cave tunnel. Do you continue forward? We will continue in. All right. You <laughs> octopuses slurping along the ground. Blah, 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 blah. It goes in, you know, maybe 15, 20 feet mm-hmm. and then opens up and sort of down. Peer over the ledge. Peer over the ledge. Crawl up. Peer over the ledge. Are you so? Are are you remaining mounted on your aquatic steed? Yeah, just because again, neither Carhoon nor I can swim, so we're able to um, move quite speedily. Actually, mm-hmm. on Octo Friend and Madame Octopus. So, okay. so they kind of creep forward up to the edge, mm-hmm. and a little tentacles right over and. I know. It's, <laughs> I'm imagining definitely like very, very cartoonized, mm-hmm. stylized. Um. So you see. A large, kind of, kind of bowl-shaped cavern mm. in the center of this structure. You see another tunnel kind of across from you. Maybe, you know, if you're at 12 o'clock at like 5. Okay. But down. It's kind of... No, it's, it's about level with you, just kind of protruding out. Maybe it goes out the other side. Okay. The bowl goes down, and the whole thing is filled with these little green like krill things Mm -hmm. giving everything a a kind of sickly green glow at the bottom of this you see two things okay you see another one of these lobster like creatures okay except it is significantly larger than the ones you saw before okay like significantly larger okay it basically fills like the bottom and it's curled around with its little like lobstery tail almost meeting its head on the other side oh. and its claws kind of like just resting. Oh. And as you see it, you can also see much smaller ones. Uh. Kind of like going along the sides oh. and their claws might like snatch out and grab one of these little green things and oh. munch on it. And they're much smaller than the ones you saw before. Uh, You know, they're maybe a few feet long instead of ten feet long. Oh, like I legit, like my fingertips are getting like (laughs) tingly at the image of all these all these little ones like crawling around. Oh, yeah, that sound too. Oh, definitely chills up my spine. Mm -hmm. This thing is curled around like a a kind of lump 
Okay. In the center of this bowl that is covered with these barnacles and lichen and algae and just slime. But it's sort of in a this big lobster chul is curled around this big lump in the middle. It's about, you know, five feet long or so. I mean, does the lump seem to be like just a natural like hummock in the cave or? You don't know. Is the lump glowing at all? Nope. I mean, everything's kind of glowing because they're surrounded by these little right. things, but. Um, okay. This is when I wish I had prepped detect magic. <laughs> um, as annoying as she might be to them, uh, she might pop into to the dragon haze. And she'll be like, I think I'm on the lip, overlooking something that might be encasing it. Jasolka says, well, then go and get it. What are you waiting for? Well, I, would, I wanted to double check to see if you could verify that it is basically to see if the, the signal is screaming at you now or if it's basically the same as it's been. Our senses are not incredibly precise and they've been saturated since about the moment you started your way down that tunnel. Okay. Your guess is as good as ours, but that seems like a pretty good lead. Okay. You have to learn to make choices for yourself, Octavia. Right, but I think it's also smart to consult wise people who you have able to guide you as well. Flattery will get you nowhere, my dear. Not flattering, I'm just saying the truth. <laughs> Fair enough. You have given me more intelligence, so now I might try to use it more. I would, I would love that. <laughs> I'd love nothing more. Um, and she'll kind of roll her eyes, uh, kind of smile a bit as she like, shoom, like comes back to her body, basically. So how far across is this bowl? About 60 feet or so. Okay. What you gonna do? Okay. Um, and how deep is it? It goes down about 10 feet, and then it starts to bowl out after that for another 15. So from where you are to the very bottom bottom is about 25, 30. Oh, okay. So not insane, but it is a nice, like, colander shape without the holes. So this might be really tough. <laughs> we can't fight a like, gargantuan chul. Um... Octavia's going to gesture to Carhoon to get on Octofriend with her. Mm-hmm. Octavia's going to tell Madame Octopus, stay here. And when we give you the signal, be ready to do what you can do to cover our escape. And it'll like click its beak at her. Octavia and Carhoon on Octofriend are going to with it stealthing. How tall is the ceiling of this tunnel? The tunnel? Yeah. It's it's pretty big. It's like 12 feet around. Like around type of thing. Awesome. So they're going to kind of like bloop, 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 um, move over the hole Stealthing. My light is covered. Mm -hmm. And 
the octopus, octo friend, is going to lower into the hole. Sorry, which one are you on? Uh, we're both on octo friend. Okay, and you, you're on the ceiling right now? No, just like in the middle of the tunnel. Oh, you just swam out. You're in the tunnel. We're in the tunnel. Okay. We're going to go swim out over the... The bowl? The bowl. Okay. But stealthily. Okay. And then I want Octo Friend to lower mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. So shall I roll stealth? Roll a stealth check, please. 13. Not great. Could be better. Could be better. So you and Carhoon both grab onto this octopus. It launches itself up into, not the air, in the water, and just sort of tentacles its way out 30 feet into the center of this bowl sort of like a jellyfish i don't know the mechanism by which octopus actually swim but it's just kind of that's what i'm imagining too yeah i know that they can crawl on mm-hmm. the bottom but and then just kind of stops keeping itself afloat and starts motioning its tentacles upward and it slowly slowly starts to descend over the center over this weird hump in the center of this giant lobster-like creature. When you get to within about 15 feet over this thing, so you go down about 10 feet, 10, 15 feet down. In a split second, one of the claws just shoots out quick as lightning for the lot of you. Okay. And we'll pick up there next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do this. All right, everyone. It's fighting time. Oh, my gosh. We're not. We're not. See? We'll see. See? I, I, have, I have an idea, which couldn't be bad. Congratulations. I know. Put this, put this one on the calendar. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate y'all tuning in week after week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we are active on social media, both Instagram and Twitter, and our handle is at Podcast. We really love uh, hearing from y'all, uh, and it's really great when actual listeners reach out. Alrighty, catch y'all next week. <laughs>